You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. Well, we've got a big show for you today. Where do we stand with some of the pro-life legislation and court cases? The two Supreme Courts have had uh, some some outcomes recently that have benefited pro-lifers. Thomas Jipping will join us from the Heritage Foundation. And a bit later on, uh, what was dining with the saints like? Uh, we'll ask the author of the new best-selling book, and we start with Governor Huckabee. Stay here. Something interesting is happening with this. Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. I found this thing at townhall.com by Kevin McCullough. The big dog has come out of nowhere. Kevin McCullough. I just want to help people think. Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. He is playing the role as uh, as well as anybody could. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. The odds are he's right. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, uh, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. It is a busy Friday. And for my listeners that are in the New York metro area, I just want to say thank you. Uh, We crossed the goal last night, uh, and now there will be nearly 500 babies that will be saved in uh, the New York City area because of your contributions to Preborn and the efforts that we've been underway there for a few days. Uh, And just really grateful for all of the good that's been done. We've banked ultrasounds, and ultrasounds eight times out of ten will be all that's necessary to talk a woman who is confused about abortion out of that decision and into giving that baby life. So thank you for those of you that contributed those. We really, really are grateful. Uh, We've got a big show for you straight ahead. Uh, The Drinking with the Saints series that Regnery Publishing put out a couple of years ago quickly became one of the funniest and one of my favorite uh, sets of books that they had put out. They have a companion novel to that, uh, addition to that, that is uh, now taking on food. Uh, it's called Dining with the Saints. And uh, Father Leo is going to be with us later in the hour. He's a co-author to the story, uh, and we will, we will uh, talk with him about that. But I want to turn first to that, I don't even know how you'd describe the display that AOC put on the floor yesterday. Yesterday, Kevin McCarthy, well, no, not even the Speaker. Yesterday, the House of Representatives, in a bipartisan majority vote, so there were a few Democrats that went along with this, uh, suspended Elon Omar, the avowed terrorist-loving, on, on September 11th, somebody did something, remember that? Her, her really winsome way of uh, looking at our suffering and pain from that day. Um, they voted her off the Foreign Relations Committee, Foreign Affairs Committee. And she's going to be on budget or something else. Uh, but she's not going to serve in that capacity dealing with foreign affairs issues. And similar to Swalwell and Schiff on intelligence, there's just a lot of common sense reasons why she shouldn't go anywhere near that committee. But it did not go down easy. And AOC and some of the other squad members literally threw hissy fits in their floor speeches. AOC going as far to say that it wasn't about Elon Omar being anti-Semitic, and she didn't deny that Elon Omar is anti-Semitic. She just said it's not about that. It's about trying to punish a woman of color. Here with some perspective and some thoughts on all of this, uh, Governor Mike Huckabee. Governor, that clip has gone viral, and it you know she's got the little hand wave like a black preacher in a Baptist church, and she's got all kinds of people kind of standing and hooting and hollering behind her. But at the end of the day, her rhetoric was empty, and it really is is a picture of foolishness being played out in the people's body. What what were your thoughts in what you saw? It, it's one of the classic examples of when you don't have facts, just get louder and pound the podium. And somehow that's supposed to make up for the fact that you're not saying anything of value. And that's what we saw yesterday. It was uh, – I would say more electric than most of the Pentecostal revivals that I've ever attended. I just expected, uh, you know, Rashid Tlaib to be playing a tambourine right behind her and for somebody to be slain in the spirit. She was getting after it so much. But here's the fact. The reason that Ilhan Omar has no business being on the Foreign Relations Committee is because she's an anti-Semitic hater of Israel, and she said horrible things even about uh, 9-11, just basically dismissing it as, yeah, some people did something. Yeah, some people did something. They killed over 3,000 innocent 
citizens who were just showing up for work one day. And that was a terroristic act on the part part of Islamic uh, extremists. She could not bring herself to acknowledge that. She has no business on that committee. So the fact that they took that committee away from her, it's not unprecedented. I don't remember any of the Democrats crying a river of tears when Nancy Pelosi wouldn't let Jim Jordan or Jim Banks be on the January 6th committee or when they took Marjorie Taylor Greene off all committees. I don't remember a word from AOC about that. So it was just a little bit of an overdramatic performance, uh, but we're going to give her a thumbs down for it. They're doing exactly what Nancy Pelosi took the opportunity to do and did with even less justification when she was speaker. 100%. Do do people remember when Nancy Pelosi, sitting behind Donald Trump at his State of the Union, took the uh, State of the Union text and ceremoniously and very uh, visibly and outrageously tore it in half and tossed it aside? Uh, Do people remember that Nancy Pelosi has been brutal in dealing with Republicans and not even allowing them to have a a voice on the House floor. So for all of the whining and crying that the end of democracy is upon us, spare us. It's just not working, and none of us believe it. Yeah. Well, let's uh, shift gears a little bit. Uh, We've got the State of the Union straight ahead. I'm curious as to what you think the president's going to say. And then someone you know pretty well is going to give the response. But let's save that after your thoughts on what Joe Biden needs to do himself. Joe, I I think, is going to tell us that he's leading the greatest uh, effort of American economy that ever has. We're more secure. He'll probably even tell us that the southern border is absolutely just tip top. He won't know what he's saying. He'll simply be reading it from the prompter. But I expect that he'll be somehow trying to convince us that he's lowered gas prices, that he's created a wonderful economy, that people are working and making more money. I'd just like for him to be a little more honest about some things that would, and that'd be a great starting point. And, and for him to say, I said I was going to be transparent. I've been obtuse. Um, truth is, I've had classified documents everywhere I've ever sat for more than a, a day or two. <laughs> And uh, I apologize for that. And I I shouldn't have said Donald Trump was recklessly irresponsible for him having a few under lock and key at Mar-a-Lago. I'd love to hear that. And I'd love for him to say, and by the way, I'm going to return all those millions of dollars that Hunter helped me make off of uh, his business deals with the Communist Chinese Party, because I know it looks bad. And I just don't think I want to keep that money anymore. Um. Real quickly, your daughter's giving the State of the Union response. Uh, You've got to be just beamingly proud. But what does she need to uh, communicate and get across to the American people? Well, I'm very proud of her. I think she'll show the contrast between the the policies that Democrats have pushed and what the effects have been and how that really what the Republicans want is just for people to live their own lives without the government telling them what to do. That really is the contrast, and I hope that's what she goes for. Um, I think it's going to be a phenomenal night. Uh, we're going to be watching it and, of course, commenting on it the next day. Uh, what's on the big Huckabee Today broadcast on TBN this weekend, Saturday and Sunday at 8 and 11? Well, James O'Keefe is going to be with us. And as you know, he just released a whole bunch of new videos That's today. Say, too bad you can't get a real newsmaker on the show. I mean, you know. <laughs> That's going to be pretty cool. Uh, he'll be with us. We also have Pat Boone on our program, one of everyone's favorites, who uh, who just loves Pat for uh, his many years of faithful service to God and country. And uh, Todd Tillman, who was the winner in America's Voice in season 18, is going to be our musical guest. Going to be a great show and a lot of fun. All right. Uh, check it out Saturday and Sunday, as we said, 8 and 11. Uh, don't miss it. And uh, in between at 9 p.m., jump over to Salem News Channel and Catch out, uh, check out that Kevin show. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll just spend the whole night with Huckabee and McCullough. It's going to be a lot of fun. Governor, always fun to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks, Kevin. You got it. Uh, when we come back, uh, we've got a big news show for you today. Lots going on in the pro-life front, on the parenting front, and on the uh, how to raise kids front. Bethany Mandel joining me with a very important discussion next. Jerry Boyer for townhall.com. 
Recent media coverage celebrating falling inflation is taking a victory lap a little too early. Yes, inflation is lower, somewhat. It certainly has come down from the stratospheric levels of nearly 10% a year, but at 5% a year, it's still unacceptably high. There's no grounds for our policymakers to declare victory. The job just is not done. Rising demand for inflation hedges like gold, Bitcoin, and inflation-protected bonds and foreign currencies show that investors know that the inflation crisis is not over yet, even if the ruling class which caused it and benefits from it is in denial. You don't need a Ph.D. in economics to know what's going on. You just need to go to the store and buy a dozen eggs. When pay doesn't keep up with the cost of living, that means you're losing ground. And government is the culprit. I'm Jerry Boyer. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive, and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great? If the cost of your health care could go down, well, MediShare 65 plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet... MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65+. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. Listen online at WMCA.com. Tune in iHeartAlexa or Odyssey.com. All right, Kevin McCullough, and every week I promise you, if you'll send uh, a real-life question, Mike Connors is going to answer one each week uh, from the mailbag. Uh, Mike Connors, of course, of Connors and Sullivan. Mike, this week's question, uh, my cousins are fighting as to who owns their mother's house in Queens. My aunt is alive, but she's not saying a thing. How do you find out who legally owns a house? Signed, Susan from Flushing. Mike? All right. Well, if the aunt is in Queens, it's very easy to find out whose name is on the deed. There's a system called ACRIS, A-C-R-I-S, and you plug in the address and your deed, assuming the deed was recorded in the last almost 60 years now, the deed will show up on your computer and you know whose name is on your deed. I know a lot of times when the confusion happens, let's say a husband and wife own a property together, one of them dies, sometimes the kids think, hey, dad died, I get half the house, a part of half the house. Usually most of the deeds are written husband and wife, so if something happens to the husband, it all goes to the wife. But there's no mystery about it. You can just... Get into the system and find out, get the deed. And it's very user-friendly. If you just know the address of the property, you can get the deed in minutes. All right. And then uh, if you have any other questions about house ownership and how to pass that down via a trust or will through your end of life, Connors and Sullivan are the people that will help you do that uh, spectacularly. Uh, and all you have to do is call them, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And then make sure that you're listening as Mike Connors answers more questions with me, Kevin McCullough, each week right here. But he also answers them on his broadcast, 8 a.m. Saturday mornings on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA, and Sunday mornings starting at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Connors, thanks so much. Thank you, Kevin. Listen to Global Spiritual Revolution Radio with Bishop Larry Gators. Bishop Gators is 100% pro-Christ, pro-life, pro-Constitution, pro-U.S., and pro-President Donald Trump. Tune in Monday nights at 930 on AM 570 WMCA. Don't miss it. Do you want to walk in integrity and victory, forever transformed by the power of God? Join Pastor Ray Hagistilianos of Living Word Christian Church of White Plains, New York, weekday afternoons at 2 for More Than Conquerors. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. Remember, just because the journey gets difficult, it doesn't mean God's not in it. More Than Conquerors, weekday afternoons at 2 on WMCA. Want more AM570 The Mission? Take us on the go with our Listen Live feature at am570themission.com or download our AM570 The Mission app today. Just go to the iPhone App Store or Google Play Store and search AM570 The Mission. 
You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors and Sullivan Broadcast Studio. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, very glad to have you with us. And I'm very thrilled to have my next guest uh, back with us because Bethany Mandel is not only a writer for the Deseret, not only is she a contributor uh, at that podcast uh, thing that she does, she's also uh, the newly published or about to be published uh, author of a book that is already breaking the bestseller ranks at Amazon. I saw it uh, number one in like three different categories uh, over the weekend and very, very happy for she and her co-writer, Carol Markowitz, uh, for the uh, con- you know the congratulatory journey that they've been on. It's a long time coming. Bethany Mandel is back with us. Bethany, uh, before we get to today's uh, discussion, give me the pitch for the book. Tell people where they can find it and why you wrote it. Absolutely. So it's called Stolen Youth, and it's out on March 7th, which is my birthday, and so people should definitely buy it for no other reason than it's a nice That's birthday gift. That's a great reason to buy it. Make Bethany a happy <laughs> birthday girl. But it's really, I mean, it, it, it was a long time coming from, for both Carol and I. We have been thinking about writing a book together for a very long time. And the original title of the book that we were envisioning was Keep Your Village Off My Child. And uh, then COVID happened and we kind of decided, you know, we don't know what the world is going to look like in a couple of years. Let's let's shelve it. And then we saw the response to COVID was really just the village um, in totally invading our homes <laughs> right, in right. every imaginable way. I mean, trying to force our kids um, to wear masks. And to and to get them vaccinated for a virus that they're not really in danger of um, interrupting their learning for two years. Uh, there's you know a myriad of ways that the the left decided that the appropriate response to this virus was to just completely upend parental rights. And um, and we kind of saw it as as a rapid acceleration of the left's assault on childhood. And we decided, you know, this is actually uh, the perfect moment to write this book, unfortunately, because it's just gotten worse. Um, and, you know, we were happy to find the the similar thinking was, was at the Daily Wire. And it's funny because when we finished writing the book, we were worried that we had missed the moment, that everyone was really concerned about kids and the, the concern would sort of dissipate. And thankfully, the concern has not dissipated, unfortunately, that's the case because the left has continued its assault on our, our children and their childhoods and their innocence. Um, I, they were sort of heartened by how much, uh, how, how far that they were able to get during yeah. COVID. And so they just kept on going. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's long overdue. And I know uh, from talking to you and Carol, both uh, behind the scenes, kind of the topic and the content and, uh, I know that uh, there's a lot of personal uh, experience and perspective that's poured into this as well. And I want everybody yeah. uh, to go out and pre-order their copy, Stolen Youth. You can get it on any place you order your books. Amazon is always uh, helpful because if it helps bump it up the bestsellers rank, that helps Bethany and uh, Carol as well. And uh, I, I just, I, you know, the only beef I have with either of you is that Carol promised I'd have radio exclusive. And then I see Glenn Beck and I see these other yahoos and, you know, the newbies in the business. And I'm like, okay, I see how that works. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, so happy for you guys. Couldn't be happier. And having written three books myself, I know what an accomplishment it is. People have long made the comparison that uh, writing a book is kind of similar to giving birth. I would never yes. make, I would never make that comparison as a man. But if you as a as a lady want to make that comparison, that is completely up to you, especially you, because you have a, a wee, wee bit more experience with it than, than the average. Um, yes. No, I mean, when I when I announced that I that we had written this book, I said in the last 18 months, I've given birth twice. And the reality is I actually have a third baby in the last year and a half because I have had two babies in the last year and a half and also uh, written a book. So, no, I definitely agree. It feels like it feels like having a baby. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about uh, what it's like in the uh, reality of doing all of this, because you write about the life changing magic of a messy house uh, in one of your most recent pieces. And I'm just curious. uh, I don't know many moms that would uh, say a messy house was magical, but obviously you have your reasons for doing so. So I I don't know if it's magic, but it is necessary at 
for a lot of a lot of families. And I, I write about sort of Marie Kondo, who is. I was about to say, of, Mr. Ms. Organized herself is saying all this. Yeah. So it's I mean, it, it's coming from pretty high on, uh, you know, authority. Yeah, no. So she said, you know, I I have three kids and I find it very difficult to keep up. And I'm like, oh, you and me both, sister, you and me both. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that she's honestly selling a book. I mean, who isn't? <laughs> but, um, but you know, she said she has a hard time keeping up, and, you know, me as well, and I think all of us as well, and it's nice that she um, is admitting that your standards are different when you have children. Um, but, um, but it's also just nice to sort of admit our, our humanity a little bit and say, you know, there are there are times in which you know you can't be um, you can't be focused on cleanliness and and order all the time and when you have lots of young children that's that's that moment. Well, and I think that uh, too the the messiness also indicates a life on some level that's yeah. being lived and being experienced and being uh, not just kind of walked through. Um, you know, from a very, you know, sanitized perspective. I mean, I, yes, it irritates me that my, my kids' rooms are constantly a mess and they constantly have to go clean it up and complain about cleaning it up. And, you know, we, we, we pick up around the rest of the house, et cetera. Like it's, it's, it's an annoyance, but at the same time, it's such a, uh, it's such a reminder that life goes on here and that we're making memories in the midst of all this, you know, this stuff and that's how it got that way. So I don't really mind uh, the the experience that brings us to that situation. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm I'm happy to live in a lived-in house because the alternative is um, not great. <laughs> well, and and you know, obviously, the more that you have, you know, the the bigger those messes are going to be, and um, you know, <laughs> the work that it takes to do it. But I was, I don't know, I I heard from a lot of women that uh, the Marie Kondo admission was kind of a, it was kind of an exhale moment. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not, it was very I'm not... validating. Yeah. Well, and, and you say all this while you actually were cleaning up your house just before we, we yes. did, did the interview. So I guess that's, uh, and, and what's the rule of thumb for you personally, would you, would you prefer others to come in and do the cleanup or are or is it something that you kind of like, oh, I, I kind of like, I, I kind of want to be involved in this. So it's tough because when we've had cleaning ladies come in the past, um, they, they will just make piles in order to clean under it, which is fine and appreciated because they're like, you know, cleaning the actual dirt, but then it creates sort of piles of mess. And that's, that's tricky for us, and that actually makes it harder in the long run. So we currently don't have anyone who comes and helps us with cleaning, and, you know, that comes with pluses and minuses. Like, we have to mop ourselves, but then there's no one sort of making additional sort of piles of mess that we then have to work through. Um, <laughs> so, you know, ev- well, everything if- has a... You ever get to one end of the house and go, man, I just, I got all this done. And then you look at the other end and it's ready to be done all over again. exactly right. Okay. Well, that's it. Well, uh, back to cleaning you go, lady. Uh, You know, as backwards (laughs) and chauvinistic as that sounds. Go get that cleaning done. Um, And congrats again. Congrats on Stolen Youth. uh, And we'll talk to Carol soon. And I'll I'll, uh, equally exude uh, happiness for her as well. But uh, have a great weekend. And thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Kevin. You got it, as always. Oh, and check out her other line of books, the Heroes of Liberty stuff. That's great as well. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Guys, this Valentine's Day, give her the next best thing to wearing nothing at all. Available exclusively at Pajamagram. Sexy, sultry, naturally new pajamas feel just like her soft skin. Even more alluring than lingerie, the texture and touch of these pajamas is so seductive that you'll both love the feel of them. Leave nothing to the imagination with naturally new pajamas. Go to pajamagram.com right now and save 25%. Pajamagram will even wrap the whole gift up for free. That's right, 25% off naturally nude pajamas and free gift packaging. Listen, if you missed out on this offer during Christmas, don't make the same mistake twice. But you need to order today because last year they sold out before Valentine's Day. Here's what you do. Go to pajamagram.com right now 
That's pajamagram.com. Use code NUDE, N-U-D-E, and save 25% off your order of naturally nude pajamas. Order now. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Can I have two minutes of your time? Because in the next two minutes, there is a woman who is going to find out the news here in the tri-state area that she is pregnant with an unexpected pregnancy. And while this month celebrates abortion across the nation, we would like it to celebrate something else. Maybe the day that her baby is saved. Scott Wilder is here from Preborn. How does it work? And here's the way it works. You provide ultrasounds and ultrasounds save lives because ultrasounds are the truth. A lot of people talking about follow the science, follow the science on climate change, follow the science on the boosters, follow the science. How about following the science on life? We know so much more today than we did in 1973. This is the Sanctity of Human Life Month, and we invite you to join us and save lives by providing ultrasounds. It's easy to do. It's ours to do. And we're standing. We're praying for you right now that you would just say, yeah, I'm not going to wait another minute. I'm going to start 2022 the right way. I'm going to stand for life because this is an inside job. If we don't do it, it's not going to be done. And so would you stand with us today? 833-850-2229 is the number. 833-850-BABY. If that's easier to remember, you can also give online at WMCA.com. But friends, right now, there are young women making the decision to abort or to uh, carry that baby to, to term. An ultrasound gives her a chance to see that baby living, to hear that baby breathing and making noise and uh, fluttering about inside her womb firsthand. And friends, I don't know if you're like me, but the first time I saw my unborn child on an ultrasound, it melted me like uh, candle wax. So this is the opportunity. You can help save a life right now. 833-850-2229. A five-pack of ultrasounds can be banked for a gift of $140, a 10-pack for $280. They are $28 each. Could you be generous and give right now? 833-850-2229 or WMCA.com. Again, that number, 833-850-BABY. This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You may not be required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Um, And one of the things we want to keep uh, our eye on for you in the the aftermath of Dobbs is the ongoing uh, decisions around life and what's going on uh, to protect unborn uh, uh, persons, because as we've said, the battle went from one big federal uh, battle to now 50 statewide, and there are a variety of different outcomes being produced all the time. And recently, two Supreme Court decisions um, have uh, benefited pro-lifers, and here to discuss is Thomas Jipping, Senior Legal Fellow at the Edwin Meese Center for the Legal and Judicial Studies, part of the Heritage Foundation, uh, Thomas, thank you for being back with us. Um, what did these two Supreme Court decisions decide? Well, what the, the one that's probably the most important um, is from the South Carolina Supreme Court. As you mentioned, um, despite what a lot of people might think, overturning Roe versus Wade did not make abortion illegal. It allowed states to make abortion illegal. And so the the legislative effort shifts to the states and also the legal attacks on protections for the unborn shift to state courts. So now it's 50 different state constitutions and whether those constitutions 
protect abortion. Uh, South Carolina Supreme Court, even though their state constitution doesn't say anything about abortion, uh, said that it does protect the right to abortion, and they struck down a pro-life law that the state legislature had passed. Um, that decision is on pretty shaky ground. Uh, South Carolina is one of the few states where there's only five members on their Supreme Court. It was a three-to-two decision, but there was not a majority opinion as to why they answered the question the way they did. Three justices said the law was unconstitutional, but they had three different theories about why. And that means that, you know, one more case, perhaps one change in who sits on the Supreme Court, uh, and that result uh, could be reversed. The Iowa Supreme Court, for example, just in the last few years, uh, first ruled that the state constitution protects abortion, and then a few later years later uh, reversed that mistake. So um, this is going to happen in state courts all over the country. Uh, state Supreme Courts are going to be ruling on this uh, over the next you know, number of years, really. And there's about 30 states or so where they're really this question hasn't been answered. So there's going to be a lot of legal activity going on. How winnable is the fight for life going forward? The fact is uh, the American people elect the state legislators who pass pro-life laws. Uh, the, the voters elect in most states their state Supreme Court that interprets those laws. Uh, the voters elect the state attorney general who's supposed to defend those laws. Uh, and uh, in, in about half the states, the people have the opportunity to actually propose constitutional amendments, putting them on the ballot uh, to vote on, uh, which uh, then can protect the unborn. So there are multiple more opportunities uh, to, to take steps to protect the unborn now uh, than before the Supreme Court uh, overruled Roe versus Wade. What concerns me is that even in the recent elections where I thought some of these, you know, more determinative pro-life planks were trying to be passed into law, that the lobby really had their uh, act together and, and defeated them, in, in, in some of them in, in really red states. It does strike me as it is a tough uh, lift for us uh, from here on. It's not going to be, in some ways, Roe v. Wade might have been the easiest part of the battle to, uh, to win. Uh, look, we have a system of government in which the people you know, hold the power, which means judges aren't supposed to run the country. Unelected bureaucrats aren't supposed to run the country. The people are, and that takes a lot of work. It takes informed, involved citizens. You know, true, for 50 years after Roe versus Wade, there wasn't necessarily a lot that pro-lifers could do. Uh, but I'll tell you, uh, the, the number of pro-life state laws that got enacted increased year after year, even under Roe versus Wade, even when those laws probably couldn't be enforced. And if those state legislators hadn't done that, there wouldn't have been more cases coming to the Supreme Court about abortion. There wouldn't have been opportunities for you know, the country to see just how uh, faulty and poorly reasoned Roe versus Wade was, and it probably wouldn't have been overruled. So, you know, even under tough conditions, even when it, it you know, the obstacles seem to be pretty significant. Many, many things can be done. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're only just getting started to try to pursue some of these things that have been, uh, you know, under blockade for 50 years. Yeah, no, that's well said. Thomas Jipping, a senior legal fellow at the Edwin Meese Center uh, at the Heritage Foundation. Thank you for being with us today. Happy Friday. Uh, come back anytime. I'm glad to. Thank you. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Hi, Kevin McCullough. MyPillow is having their biggest bed sheet sale ever. The MyPillow Percale sheets are available in a variety of colors and all sizes now on sale. For example, the queen size regular, only $89.98, now only $39.98 with your promo code WMCA. Order now as there is a very limited supply. The MyPillow Precale sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. 
They have deep pockets to fit over any mattress. The MyPillow Percale sheets come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. So go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Square and use promo code WMCA to receive the MyPillow Percale sheets for as low as $29.98. Order now because when they're gone, they're gone. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798 and use the promo code WMCA. That's 800-651-0798. 800-651-0798. And promo code WMCA. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. Download the AM570 The Mission mobile app on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on WMCA.com, TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. This is Pastor Matthew Recker with the Heritage of Faith Conversations Program. Join us every Sunday night at 6 p.m. to get Bible questions answered live on the air. Join us Sunday night at 6 p.m. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College because court reporters are such an essential part of the legal field. Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. Students complete their curriculum in the new Center for Healthcare Simulation on Plaza's campus and within the best hospital systems in New York City. Just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's P-L-A-Z-A college.edu. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's incredible. If you want additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or School of Allied Health, just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's P-L-A-Z-A college.edu. WMCA welcomes the new show, More Like Jesus, with Pastor Dave Gustafson. The missing piece to all of this is Jesus. And here's why. Because Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and by doing that, he connected us with the power of God. Listen Monday through Friday evenings at 6.30. And I realize that to the world, it seems foolish, but it's not. It is the key to all of this. More Like Jesus on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. Want more of AM570 The Mission and our hosts? Then interact with us. Follow us on Twitter for encouraging tweets, what's coming up on the radio, news from our ministries, deals from our advertisers, and more. Our handle is at AM570 The Mission. Come tweet with us. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. If it's happening in New York or across the globe, learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right. Uh, something you probably haven't thought of most of this week as it relates to um, the culture war, uh, your own faith. But you did think about it uh, every time that you got a little bit of uh, hunger pain in your belly uh, is food. And uh, there's this been this very interesting series that Regnery Publishing has put out, and I've followed it since the very first uh, installment, Drinking with the Saints, where Mike Foley, who's on the faculty at Baylor University, uh, kind of documented the um, libational life of the early church and kind of, you know, how they used it and what they did with it and so forth. Well, there's a third book in the series that has been published by Regnery. And uh, co-authoring with Mike Foley on this one is Father Leo 
Patangleg. How do I say your last name, Father? I didn't. I didn't ask. I, I took my best shot at it. Oh, you did a great job, but it was a failure. I'm kidding with you. You're perfectly fine. It's paddling hug. It's just like it's spelled. It's just incredibly intimidating. So you did a you did a great job with it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, um, this one is called Dining with the Saints, and I'm very curious as to the motivation for writing it and kind of what it deals with. So Dining with the Saints is the follow-up, as you mentioned, to that very, very popular book, Drinking with the Saints. And we realize that there are more feast days than fast days. And what's interesting about the early church is that they all had a patron or a patroness, and they required a big celebrational feast. And so as a priest, but also as a professional chef, it was my charge to create recipes or find recipes associated with the saints and some of them are pretty interesting what types of stuff did you uncover how how sophisticated was the culinary palate of the church fathers the church fathers not so much but in the medieval times pretty intense they they obviously celebrated local foods but for example saint barbara is a saint who actually was a martyr as well. She was a very beautiful woman, and they wanted to take advantage of her dignity. And she refused, but to test her faith, they cut off her bosoms. They cut off her breasts. So in order to honor her, they have something in Italy called the nipple cake. And so they actually made cakes that were shaped like bosoms, and it was in no way rated R whatsoever. It was actually a sign of purity and holiness. So that's the kind of stuff that I had to uncover and find recipes associated with the saints. That's kind of a morbid uh, example. Do you have anything a little, you know, a little nicer? Yeah, well, the cake is actually delicious. So other than the morbidity of the history, the cake is really good, and it's easy for anyone to follow. For example, we also have uh, St. Mary of Scotland, Margaret Mary of Scotland. And, you know, traditionally they would celebrate it with haggis. And now haggis is not an easy dish to make unless you can find sheep's stomach in your local grocery store, I personally can't. So instead, I created what was called holy haggis hash. And I kind of used more modern American Western ingredients and created it in a hash. And so it's a great way to remember what this woman did. She actually was a very wealthy woman and she gave all of her belongings to the poor. And, you know, poor people's food was considered hash. I just made it tastier. Yeah. Well, as a Scot, I can tell you haggis is not something I've ever been all that uh, excited about. So uh, we're going to we, we've got bare nipples and we've got haggis so far. Father Leo, please tell me that we're going somewhere a little more. I don't know. Um, candlelit dinner. like. Yes. <laughs> well, we also have things to honor St. Francis of Assisi. And so uh, we actually have a few different recipes for him because he was such a popular saint. So he loved these sugar cookies. And Nutella is famous as a chocolate substitute. And so I kind of brought his favorite dessert, which was an almond cookie slash sugar cookie. But I kind of dolloped it even with a little bit of nutella so that's a a great thing to remember him super easy super delicious but he also came from a region in umbria where they have delicious italian sausage so we basically made an umbrian styled sausage dish to honor this great now you're talking see be done with that haggis stuff let's talk italian (laughs) sausage all day like that's completely my palate right there I think I'm going to make a convert out of you. And okay. If, if I, I'll even come to your house and cook this haggis and hash because it's not haggis traditional. But I actually, again, used more modern ingredients, and I made it very savory, included adding a little bit of pork to this hash as opposed to sheep stomach. So I bet you you'll enjoy the hash regardless. All right. Well, I'm going to have to get my copy. I, I don't have a copy of the book yet. I think Nick's uh, bogarting it for me uh, at the studio. <laughs> um, so w- w- you've kind of covered like the, the full course meal here. What is the um, what's the extent of the 
numbers of dishes featured in the book and, and like how in depth are the stories? So there's about a hundred recipes altogether. The stories are fantastic. While they uncover the the general principles of the saints, it also goes to the more unique aspects of the saints, things that maybe people might not be completely familiar with. And then on top of that, we also at, uh, create a what we call a, a pastoral carryout order, like a, a spiritual takeaway. How did these saints in the past affect us in the modern day life? How can we live our faith in the modern day life? Because God's not done making saints, even out of people like you and me. What we have to do is find out what made them holy. And what made them holy was that they were not afraid to speak out against evils. And strangely enough, just like in the modern world, the evils came from authorities. They came from power. They came from politics. And so many of them were not afraid to speak out against it. And then at the same time, the injustices created by these abusive institutions, that actually gave inspiration for people to become saints by finding solutions to the problems that were created by a broken humanity. A lot of charitable organizations, educational resources, hospitals, just amazing social enterprises without using taxpayer money. Got it. Uh, well, it's called Dining with the Saints, and it's written by Mike Foley and Father Leo Patalinghug. I, I I did it wrong again, but uh, anyway. Bravo! No, you did a Father, great job, Father Leo. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, Kevin McCullough, coming right back. Don't go away. Get ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular nine-day Mediterranean cruise with Alistair Begg this August. Renew your vision, purpose, and connection with Christ as Alistair powerfully unpacks God's Word during this spectacular adventure. All along our journey, opening God's Word so that we might become more like Jesus. Register today. Call 855-565-5519. 855-565-5519. Or visit DeeperFaithCruise.com. Numbers mean much to me because of prostate cancer. I'm Johnny Braggs, the number two for my stepfather who died of prostate cancer and my uncle who suffered so much after prostate cancer surgery. The number 15, 15 years since Dr. Lederman's successful treatment of my prostate cancer. The number zero, which is my PSA, zero, after Dr. Lederman's successful prostate cancer treatment, what every man wants. The numbers one, two, three, four, important for every man with prostate cancer. One, getting the most successful treatment. Two, avoiding radical robotic surgery. Three, keeping sexual functions. Four, maintaining urinary control. Call my Dr. Lederman, 212 Choices, 212 Choices, to consider his prostate cancer treatment for you. Most insurances, Medicare, Medicaid accepted, 1384 Broadway at 38th. Call 212 Choices for prostate cancer treatment. Call Dr. Lederman, 212 Choices. I'm glad I did. You'll be number one with Dr. Lederman. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg welcomes back New York City Council member from the 6th District, Gail A. Brewer, to talk about today's council compared to the council she served on 20 years ago. It's Reaching Out, Saturday afternoon at 4.30 on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. you need to know when you need it it's kevin mccullough radio all right very very glad to have you with us um and very thankful as i started out the uh, broadcast saying for those of you that live in the new york area specifically and have been uh, continually working on helping preborn achieve its goal of rescuing it's going to be between 400 and 500 babies by the time we are done um uh, that's just the way it works. And for those of you that, that gave gifts, $28 each for ultrasounds to be banked so that uh, women that come in 
with questions and concerns can have those things uh, answered and then get reliable information and then get an ultrasound and see for themselves that their baby is not a clump of cells. It is a human being. It's a human being that is growing inside of them. Uh, that's going to save babies' lives. Uh, eight to nine out of ten times, that's going to that's gonna occur. And just so grateful for those of you that took that on yourself to try to rescue as many of those as we could. Uh, and we, we did eclipse the goal. Now we've, we've gone into bonus territory. And for those of you that are still interested in doing that, there's still time to uh, make that gift. Um, I also want to say... Uh, that in this day and age, you know, the, the, the president, he's got a big speech coming up on Tuesday. Uh, he, he made comments today. Uh, there's this weird story of this Chinese balloon floating over <laughs> America. And there's people all over the Internet going, you know, well, if Trump was president, that, you know, he'd shoot down that balloon. And that may be true if the Chinese were silly enough to do that the the problem here and this is a significant one is that the russians the iranians the north koreans the chinese none of them think that joe biden is going to do anything at all and when you look at what Congress is going to be uncovering with the laptop and with classified documents and the stuff that's going to go on there. You know, this is a this is an administration that was making a disaster of our world before the personal pylons of all the the personal foibles. Now you've got all this other junk that has to be hitched onto the trailer and they have to deal with as that goes along too. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if more than one of our opponents, our enemies, the people that, that are not in good standing with us, try to take advantage of the U.S. on some level and in some way in the days to come. But here's the, 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 the people that are making that observation about Trump shooting it down. That's, that's probably inaccurate. Because if Trump were president, every one of those four countries would have been too afraid of America to try anything. And that's honestly, I think, the biggest difference from a foreign policy perspective. You can have your dislikes with his personality and his tweets and everything else as you want to. I don't care. The world held America in respect because they were afraid of offending President Trump. And no one is afraid of offending Joe Biden. Nobody. None. Zero. And we're getting the end result of that now. Kevin McCullough, have a great weekend. We'll see you on the Salem News Channel Saturday night at 9. Back here on Monday.